And uh, I just love this time of year. I love the chance to just uh, draw close, to get close, to get uh, recalibrated, to get refreshed and to just, with excitement and expectation, just press into God because he's got great things for this year, as Ben said, and there's so much more that he always has. There's always more with God and I just trust we can press in for that. Um, the verse is um, from Mark chapter 9. Well, it's, it's actually the end of an account where Jesus um, healed a boy, isn't it? A little child and he was mute and deaf. And Jesus came along and healed him because the disciples couldn't heal him. You might want to read the account, but it's at Mark chapter 9, 29. And they were asking the Lord, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. And I just feel like, let's just have a bit of but prayer. Let's just have a little tapping into the power. But before we go there, I've thought I'd tell you a touching story I heard, since you've all got your masks on, and uh, I'm not sure if I'll see, see all your responses to this, but um, this is a touching story about Walter and his wife, Ethel. And I think they came from Canada, Stewie, and uh, might have been somewhere near where you were. And every year, Walter took his wife to the state fair. And every year, Walter would say... Ethel, you know I'd love to go on a ride on that helicopter. And Ethel would say, I know, Walter, that the, but that helicopter ride is $50. And $50 is $50. But after many years, one year they're at the fair and Walter says, Ethel, I'm 87 years old. If I don't get that helicopter ride this year, I may never get another chance. Well, Walter, you know, this is what Ethel said, that helicopter is $50, and $50 is $50. But that year, the helicopter pilot overheard their conversation, and he said, look, look, folks, I'll make a deal. I'll take you both for a ride. If you can both stay quiet for the entire ride, not say a word, I won't charge you. But if you say something, it's $50. Well, off they went for the helicopter ride of Walter's life, never saying a word. The pilot did all his fancy tricks. Still not a word was said, despite every death-defying trick that he could perform, not a word. When they landed, the pilot turned around to Walter he said, wow, I did everything I could to get you to scream or shout, but you didn't, not a word. And Walter said, well, to be honest, I almost said something when Ethel fell out, but $50 is $50. <laughs> there you go. How's that for... That's to get you a little bit warmed up for a serious message. Anyway, sort of, I told you it was a touching story. It touches you right in your funny bone, doesn't it, you know? Anyway, I want to encourage us to pray. That's what I'm sharing about today. 
you know, because how 2022 unfolds for you and for this church is going to be dependent on our prayer life, more, pro- probably more than anything else. And like I said, um, we have 21 days of fasting and prayer, which we're going to start on the 17th of January. Bruce Hills is coming on the 16th, coming to visit. He hasn't been up for a while. He's looking forward to come. He's going to preach on the Sunday night, and then we're going to launch into our normal three weeks of prayer and fasting. We're going to come to the church. Those that want to come, you don't have to come each night. But we're going to have prayer here probably 6 or 7 o'clock at night, each night for an hour. And uh, people will uh, be seeking God. We're just going to make that space where we as a church come together and we pray and we fast. And uh, it's such a great thing because there's churches all around our nation doing the same thing. There's many. I mean, there's churches everywhere. I'm hearing about it, you know, just, just down the road. There's churches that are seeking God. They're seeking God for breakthrough. They're seeking God for revival. They're seeking God for their personal needs. And, and uh, uh, it's just in, in faith because prayer works. I need this. I need to start the year with prayer. I need to be stirred up to remind myself to pray. I need, I need uh, to, to lean into this space and repent of prayerlessness. I don't know about you, but I find time can, we, you know, we, we actually drift to things and we can drift away from prayer. And I think it's great at the start of a year to remind ourselves of how important prayer is, the necessity of it, the power of it, and what God would do. It's an opportunity for us to impact the future of our church for this coming year. It's, uh, you know, we've got a great year coming up. We've got a transition in a few months, 20th of March, Debbie and me are going to lay hands on Ben and Rach, we're going to pass a baton on. I want to pass a baton on that's on fire. I want to pass on uh, vision and I just, I'm just expecting God to do things. And I just want you to join in on this as a church that we really lean into God and we pray and we fast because it works. It works. And uh, it's just we want to see the Spirit's presence and power. And it's just so great that our nation, so many are praying, and around the world. You can look it up. People are just wanting to pray. Prayer is, pow- is, is powerful. Without a conviction that prayer has power, we will not pray. Uh, maybe we might pray, but without that conviction in, in our heart, our prayers will be empty and unbelieving, and they won't bear the same fruit. Some of the boldest promises in Scripture are associated with prayer. Jeremiah said, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and hidden things that you have not seen. What a promise. Call unto me and I will answer you. What more do we need? What an invitation. What a promise. God has said to us, Call unto me. Call to me and I will answer you. Jesus said himself, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. What a promise. What an invitation. In John, uh, it records that Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Hey, how good is that? Do we believe it? 
Do you believe it? I mean, that reminds me of Augustine. He used to have the saying, love God and do as you please. It's a little bit, if you know, the sense of that verse is if we'll abide in him and he abides enough in us, if our relationship with God is intimate, close, and we're living uh, in accordance to his will, uh, we can ask anything and he'll give it to us because our hearts will be in tune with him where we will ask for the right things. Many years ago, a man named Derek Prince wrote a book called Shaping History Through Prayer and Fasting. It was written, it says in the little uh, thing on the book, I was looking at it last night, it says, written for uncertain times. You feel like we're living in uncertain times? I think uncertain times, uh, uncertain times have been around for a long time, but especially today. But in uncertain times, we can pray and we can fast. And it's, this, this book was how uh, 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 fast, uh, people who pray and fast shape events of history. Scripture itself records the tide was turned in desperate times. Um, just like that verse I read, uh, the disciples were um, on mission, doing the work of God, doing what Jesus had prepared them to do, and yet they couldn't cast out this uh, enemy or this devil, uh, demon, whatever it was. And Jesus says, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. And I think in another place it records and, fast, and fasting. There's such power. In Acts we read of the early church when it's being persecuted, talks about in Acts 12 where Herod had killed James with the sword and then seized Peter and put him in prison. But this is what the record is. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. And we know what happened. An angel came, he was delivered, he was set free. You know, events and the shape of things were changed because the church prayed. You know, things, things uh, you know, God has plans, God has purposes, but he invites us to lean in into him to see his will fulfilled and for us to participate. And he wants us to be involved in the shaping of events and we can change and we can turn the tide. Israel was surrounded, it says in 2 Kings 19, by the Assyrians. They were hopeless, they were desperate, and Hezekiah the king headed for the house of God. You know, we need to, in times where we're desperate, we're uncertain, we need to head. You know, for them it was the house of God, it was the house of prayer. We need to go to the place where we lean in to pray. When times are difficult, we need to push into the Lord. It, say, it says how Hezekiah laid out the threatening letters he had before the Lord and he prayed and the tide was turned. The army that came against, against them uh, melted away. Esther, uh, when the nation faced an existential threat, ready to be wiped out and destroyed by a, a large aggressive nation that was going to remove them. It says uh, she called the nation to fast and the tide was turned. You know, fasting and praying. Elijah says was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain 
and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. He's a man just like us, same passions, same weak, 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 weaknesses, but he prayed and the tide was turned. Daniel was in a, a fix, you know, ready to be uh, put in prison and all the uh, men of his day that, were, that served, uh, served the kings, their lives were at risk unless they could interpret the dream for the king. Called his buddies to fast. They fasted and prayed and God answered and the tide was turned. You know, if we could only lift the veil sometimes and see the ultimate reality, um, the weapons, you know, weapons are not our ultimate defence. I don't know about you, uh, I often, you know, reading all the current events and you think about the world we're living in now and the nations of the Pacific and surrounds and, you know, many times we're threatened and uh, it's just like that verse that uh, Ben read, uh, our greatest defence is not weapons, our greatest defence is the Lord, our greatest defence is prayer. It says, some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. He's our greatest defense and he answers prayer. You know, prayer may feel at times like weakness. may feel like, you know, we have a prayer. I mean, he's here every week on a Wednesday night, 7 o'clock for an hour. I love it. I love coming to pray with others. Sometimes you may feel like, well, we're just a few and we just maybe we feel a little weak. You may feel like it's even a little bit boring. But you know what? Sitting in chairs, just closing your eyes, calling on the name of the Lord, looking to a God who is not seen, the invisible, is the most powerful weapon on the face of the earth. People who pray. We all claim to know it, but how much do we pray? How much do we pray? I'm challenged. It can all be rhetoric can all be a message we preach, but how much is prayer a part of our life? How much is corporate prayer established as a culture in our church? The reality is if we accept its value, if we believe prayer is powerful, if we believe those promises we read, we would pray more. And uh, I'm, I'm challenging myself at the start of the year, you know, I'm not wanting to to drive anyone. I'm wanting to encourage us the power of prayer and what's available to us to tap into afresh. What stops us? I thought, you know, what what gets in the road for me? What gets in the road? I thought probably, you know, the, the, the number one thing I think is just our flesh. It's just that barrier, you know, it's the same. It records it in scripture. You think about the disciples, the mighty disciples, you know, all 12 of them. They're in the garden with Jesus on the night of his betrayal, at the time where he's in most need of their support. They're asked to do one thing that night, to watch with him. You know, just, just be here and watch and pray. And Jesus finds them sleeping. And he says, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, we just have to bust through that barrier of the flesh. You know, we can enjoy worship. 
We can listen to sermons. We can enjoy fellowship. But prayer, start to pray, we might last two minutes. You know, I don't know about you, but it happens to me. I love reading the Bible. I love worshipping. Then you start to pray. Before you know it, you're distracted. Before you know it, uh, you just need to persist. It's a discipline. We need to. We desire to pray. The spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak, and we need to push past that till our soul delights in the Lord. I thought the other thing is just often it's just our pride. Prayer is an act of humility. Prayer is saying, um, "God, I need you. I need help." Our pride soon moves aside when we're desperate. I think of the times I prayed uh, when I. I think before I even came to the Lord, uh, coming from a Catholic background, I knew about prayer. And I remember at the age of about 19, on the back of a motorbike, being doubled by one of my uni mates. And uh, he's stoned and he's, he's, uh, he's thinking he's been chased by the police on the highway and he thinks he needs to escape and he's paranoid and he's confused and he's doing 90 miles an hour and uh, I'm petrified and all of a sudden I'm holding on to that thing I'm not good on bikes and I'm praying and I'm praying I'm telling God everything and I'm as real as real can be you know pride or any fear of man or anything else no no I was talking to God I remember being years after I came to the Lord being on a light plane once with a few friends over Red, Red Cliff and the little light plane, the little nice little joy ride that we were on, suddenly there's um, the planes starting to lose power and they're looking for a place to land and to try and get this thing down. And, you know, you start talking in tongues. You start praying, start calling on God. You face, you face a real health, 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 health need. I remember when I was about 50 and getting cancer and getting to God and saying, God, don't tease me. Don't tease me. God, this, I need, 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 need you now. Reality is we're always in need of God. We're always in need of God. We sometimes think we can just cruise along in life without him. And uh, we're self-sufficient, but we need to put our pride aside. We need to humble ourselves and pray. We need to say, Lord, I need you. We need to call on him. You know, prayer bridges the gap between heaven and earth. Jesus said, uh, in, when he taught his disciples to pray, he said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, there's a distance between heaven and earth. It's a gap between two realities, and God has ordained that this gap is bridged through prayer. Prayer is an act of faith. In Hebrews it says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. Just that simple conf uh, confidence that God, you're real, you exist and you hear prayer and he rewards those who, who, seek, who, who seek him. The last couple of years I've been... Um, Blessed to be a granddad, 
And like all grandparents, I'm a little bit sort of like getting little pictures and little, little, little videos, you know. They just go a bit silly. James's little girl is about one and a half. A few months back, we get this little video. And she's walking. There's a picture of her where they've gone out for a walk through the where they live, just through the streets. And she's got this fake mo mobile phone. And she's walking along the path in front and they're videoing. This is quite, you know, cute when you're a granddad. And she's talking on the phone and yabba, yabba, yabba and, uh, and animated and real and chatting. And uh, I'm not sure what, what, what she thinks we're, we all do when we're on a phone. She must think we all talk to ourselves or something. Because as far as I'm concerned, there's, this is a toy and there's no one on that phone and she's just talking. And, uh, you know, talking on the phone like that would be pointless. In fact, if nobody's listening to us, I would think it'd be boring and a little stupid. But it looks, it looks very cute. But if someone is listening, it motivates us to talk, doesn't it? If there's someone there, we're going to engage. You know, I want to say to you, when, when you pray, when you're talking to God, when you're sitting in your room, when you're in your car, when you're calling on God, when you're starting to engage with him, there's someone on the other end of that phone. There's someone listening. Never doubt that God is listening to you. Never doubt, never throw away your, your confidence that God hears every word you pray. One of my favourite uh, verses in Psalms that I, often pray, that I often pray just to boost my confidence says, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. He's looking our way. And his ears toward their cry. There's verses that says he inclines his ear. He leans into us. He starts to hear our voice and it delights him. And he leans in and he hears us and he hears our prayer. God, God is there for us. God is an ever-present help in time of trouble. When we call, he listens. That's, that's what faith's about. It's that, it's that confidence. God is near. Um, in Deuteronomy 4, it says, What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? Whenever you pray, God is close. He's near. Buddha doesn't answer prayer. Allah doesn't answer prayer, but our God answers prayer. That is the difference. We, when we pray, he's near us, he hears us, and he answers us. When we pray, coincidences happen. This room would be full. You can call them whatever you like, but they are miracles. They are miracles. When you prayed for a job, when you prayed for a need for a child, when you prayed for that relationship that was uh, 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 fra fractured, when you got serious and you just went to God and said, God, I need, I need you, I need help, and you call all on God, we could list testimony after testimony of how God heard our prayers and he answered us. There's a story of a man in 1859, I haven't got his name, living in New York that got a burden to pray. And 
he set aside his lunch lunch times to hold a prayer meeting. Wanted to pray for revival. Soon others joined him. And soon after this, the banks of New York collapsed. Maybe he sensed something happening. Maybe God was inspiring him. Perhaps he was hearing the voice of the Spirit saying, I want you to come aside because I want to do things. But soon after that, there was many thousands were gathering to pray in churches all through New York. And in that one year, one million were added to the churches in America. Within the next 12 months, the same occurred in, in the U, U, UK and in Ireland. You know, people pray and God moves and stuff happens. You know, we need to just rise and be confident that God will hear our prayer and press into him. One of the biggest things that helps me is this verse in John. It says, this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Anything according to his will, and he hears us. I just find knowledge of the scriptures, knowledge of the will of God, is our greatest confidence in prayer. You know, in James, it says, uh, you ask, but you have not, because you, you ask, you know, for, for what is your own passions. We are to ask for things that are the will of God. It's always the will of God to pray for the lost, isn't it? It's always the will of God to pray for the prodigals to come home. It's always the will of God to pray that God opens doors for us to preach the gospel. It's always the will of God to pray that he opens eyes of those that we're working with and our friends. It's always the will of God to pray for our government. It's always the will of God to pray that the gospel is advanced in our nation. It's always the will of God to pray that, that the spirit moves and the church gets revived. These things are just eternal uh, uh, promises and commands and things that should stir our heart. It's always the will of God for God to do miracles amongst us, isn't it? It's always God's will. It's always God's will to pray for revival, for hearts to turn to him. In Daniel, we read how it said he understood the scriptures. This was at the time where he was in captivity and he'd been there for 70 years, but he knew the word of God and he knew the promise of God. He knew that one day after 70 years, the tide would turn. And it says... He understood the scriptures according to the word of the Lord. So I turned to the Lord God and I pleaded with him in prayer and petition. He knew that the 70 years were up. It didn't make him passive. It didn't make him just lean back and think God's just going to do it. It was something that moved him to pray. And God wants to involve us. God's got things he wants to do. God is, is, is stirring and... Uh, we just need to lean in, we need to hear his voice, we need to know his will, we need to press in because if God's ready to act, let's get involved. Let's get involved, let's pray. What about Esther? You know, she leaned in, she called the nation to pray, she rose to the time. It said, 
God said to her, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. God will get his job done, but we want to be part of it. We want to be involved. God wants us to be involved in the advancement of his kingdom. Prayer is not a means of getting God to do our will on earth. It's a means of getting God's will done on earth. We've got to see the work of the Lord done according to his will. That is the key. It's so good to read scripture and fill our hearts with the promises of God and be stirred. It gives us a sense of direction. It gives us a sense of what is the will of God. It makes us bold. It gives us confidence. We can be assured that God stands behind every promise he's made. Andrew Murray said, The promises of God are waiting for prayer for their fulfillment. Let me repeat that. The promises of God are waiting for prayer for their fulfillment. Let's lean in for what God has for us. The promises of God are an invitation to pray. Jesus showed the way. He set the example. He, he prayed. I mean, just the fact that he prayed. Here's the Son of God. Here's um, God himself come in the flesh, living amongst us, and yet it says he prayed. I mean, if it was important for him to pray, how much more for us? Jesus it records in Luke, it said, but he, even now, more the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Here is Jesus pressed by increasing need, and his habit is to withdraw and pray. I mean, if it's good enough for him, it's, it's even more good enough for us. We, if he needed to pray to access the resources of heaven, how much more do we need to pray to survive? Jesus never cast prayer as an option. He didn't say if you pray. He said when you pray. We need to stir ourselves afresh. When he spoke of prayer... It was relational, it was praying to our dad, it was personal, it was real. But when he talked about prayer, he said, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. It's intimate, it's personal, but there's a place. There's a place we go, there's a place that we withdraw, there's a time. You know, we need to just remind ourselves wherever it is, whenever it is, we all need to withdraw and spend time with God. The other thing when I think of prayer that stirs me is prayer needs to be spirit-inspired, doesn't it? We need the Spirit of God to help us pray. I mean, to break through that barrier of the flesh at times, we need the Spirit's help. I mean, I need the Spirit's help when, if it's just... Uh, prayer without his help, it, you know, it's hard. But he wants to help us. 
Paul said these words. It says, Likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. What a picture, eh? I often feel like it's a sense of we're wanting to lean in, we're doing our part, and suddenly the Spirit of God comes in like a wind, like a breeze, like a a wave, and he just inspires us. He actually partners with us, and he helps us in 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 our weaknesses. He transforms our personal prayer and the corporate prayer life of the church as well. Many times when we gather to pray, you just sense it, eh? You know, you start to pray for a while, then faith starts to come, and before you know it, there's the sense of the prophetic, there's the sense of the Spirit's help, there's the sense of things are inspired, and we start to just get on a rush. And, and he is there to help us. He's there to inspire us. He's there to lead us, and passivity takes a hit and faith starts to rise in the room. And it's so good. It's so helpful to pray together. It's so, it gives us so much strength. Last thing I want to say, because uh, we're going to do this for the next, you know, four or five weeks, I said to someone, I'm the opening batsman on this theme, you know. Um, so I just get out and sort of do a few hits and put out a few themes, but people will share about prayer from different things, and I trust someone might share about how good it is to fast, because, I don't know, this fasting thing mightn't sound exciting to you, but uh, when you tap into it, the, the thing that does amaze me is it so works. It so, so works. And uh, nothing breaks through the barrier of our flesh. Nothing humbles our heart more. Nothing gets us break, 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 break through uh, except when we fast. And fasting is this real simple, boring thing which is just the denial of food while you give yourself to prayer. How about that, eh? Anyone want to sign up now, you know? might just be water or some fluids. might be a, a, a par, 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 partial fast. Someone said that's where you fast and eat what you're par, 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 partial to. But uh, it's actually like a Daniel fast. You might go without certain foods. You might fast during these 21 days. You might fast for a day. You might fast for two or three days. You might do more. You might, uh, you might, you might break it up a bit. You might uh, just eat at night or something. You know what I mean? Just, I just encourage you, seek the Lord and do some fasting because it so works and it brings such release and it brings such power. If you want a good book, get the book by Jensen Franklin. Someone took mine. I'm not sure if it's coming back soon, but... Uh, I just go online, just download the book. It will inspire you. It's just called Fasting. Let's prepare in 2022. Let's prepare our hearts over the next couple of weeks. Let's prepare. Let's set ourselves up for, for three weeks, for 21 days, where we are going to seek God, where we're going to pray, 
where we are going to stir our hearts because God's got more for us. God's got more than we could ask or think. God wants to do things amongst us. I'll finish with this verse from Joshua. It said, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Do you believe that? Do you think we could lift our faith and believe for that, that we could lean into God in this beginning of the year where we could pray, we could fast, we could consecrate ourselves, we could set ourselves aside to God during that time, make some space for prayer, make some time to fast, because God would do wonders amongst us. Just let's pray. Lord, we just thank you today. Lord, I just thank you that you're God who's near. You're a God that's close. Lord, you're a God who leans into us, who inclines your ear to hear our prayers. Lord, today, Lord, we say we're expectant. Lord, today we say, Lord, we believe you. Lord, you are great, you are mighty, and Lord, you are faithful to your word. And we just thank you today as we uh, just come into this new year. Lord, we want to lean into you with faith in our hearts and say, God, move amongst us. Lord, do, do, do wonders in our midst, Lord. We are expectant. We just love you with all our hearts and we thank you, Lord, that you're a God who said to call unto you and you would answer us. And Lord, we are going to prove you yet again to be true to every promise that you have made. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all.